Britain's longest-running stamp series was retired last week, after production was secretly halted in November of last year. Despite being billed as the ever-loving symbol of a Britain that never was and never should have been, it transpires that even the house of Saxe, Coburg and Gotha cannot withstand the ravages of time. God knows they tried. As an image, it was mainly used as a sticking plaster to cover the gaping cracks in British society and as a comfort blanket to those who long ago swapped critical thinking for increasingly hysterical faith in crown and flag. Acceding to the throne at Treetops Lodge in Kenya, Elizabeth II became the accidental queen after her uncle proved to be too close to a Catholic divorcee for the English establishment to seriously consider him. Youthful Nazi enthusiasm being much less problematic overall, both for him and her. Not that much later, the scene at the exclusive lodge might well have been filled with the smoke and fury of the British Empire, desperately torturing and murdering loyal subjects and Mau Mau freedom fighters under its care in a vain attempt to keep the sun from setting. This obituary cannot give full account of the vast and bloody colonial legacy of Elizabeth II, as its records were destroyed on purpose to prevent us or her subject peoples from giving a full account. Whether or not Elizabeth herself was good or kind, a lover of animals or a good grandmother, is a total irrelevancy and should be counted neither for her or against her. Her deliberate assumption of a totemic role within both the diseased minds of her sycophantic subjects and the state itself should be the only standard against which she can be judged. Thus, in her role as head of state, she has, in her own unique way, completely and totally failed to either bind the nation together or indeed act as its shepherd. Not only did several nations mercifully escape the post-imperial mirage known as the Commonwealth, but the constituent components of this sceptre dial are closer to multitudes of dissolution than at any point during the last two centuries. Given that all parliaments and offices of state formally act in her name, Elizabeth herself presided over the long and grinding descent into the squalor that is this normal island. Her signature stands under the Windrush deportations, the brutalisation of miners and trade unions, the bedroom tax, the authorisation of uncountable post-colonial walls fought in the name of liberal disaster capitalism and a dismantling of a state that seems not even remotely interested in whether you live or die. We can only hope that her successor, the vicious idiot and aspiring sanitary product kindly known as Charles III, rules over the kind of kingdom presided over by his first forebear rather than his second. Given his incompetent meddling in the affairs of state, as well as himself personally playing a leading role in the current dissolution of the royal family itself, there is much to hope for in this new age. Apart from the ham-handed king, she leaves behind several other failed children, as well as a host of grandchildren who will never know poverty or despair due to the accident of their birth, as well as a vast personal tax-proof fortune, including £12 million that bought a monstrous silence for her favourite son against accusations of international nonsery. Her greatest legacy may well prove to be overseeing the transition of violence applied to the periphery to its increasingly enthusiastic use within the imperial core. It should come as no surprise that the week of Elizabeth Windsor's death also saw the death of Chris Cava at the hands of uniformed thugs bearing her crest. The brutal murder of willing or unwilling royal subjects is not something that will be questioned nor confronted even in the 21st century. Start as you mean to go on. Queen Elizabeth is dead but normal reigns eternal.
Hello and welcome back to this sombre and respectful episode of Podcasting as Praxis. I'm David and my pronouns are he and him. I'm James and my pronouns, uh, though they will be offensive, are they and them. I'm Jamie and my pronouns are he and him. Hi, I'm Rob and my pronouns are also he and him. And I'm Alastair and my pronouns are also he and him. And I come bearing good news. Oh, I wasn't aware there was any news. <laughs> well, the queen, the queen is in fact still dead, and as a result, you you lot get to suffer through uh, a tedious quiz that I've assembled for you. Oh, royal facts! Oh, okay, That's extremely well, what I'm here for. So, well, it's the either the this game... or the main. It's either this or the main topic at James, and you know, like <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Okay, commentary. <laughs> <laughs> so. Normally, normally this would be the segment where we would have news nuggets, but uh, unfortunately... There isn't any fucking news, yeah. The, all, the, <laughs> all the nuggets have been washed away in a sea of royal Nicholas Witchell's tears. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I've, what I've done today is I've assembled... Uh, we've got four rounds, um, each of which has uh, something of a theme. And there are going to be two things... In, well, there's going to be a, three things in each round. Two of them are real and one of them is fake. And your job is to identify which one you think is fake. And these are things that All have right. happened as a result of the Queen dying. So is, is round one the monarchy? Uh, round Divine one right is uh, joyfully titled Chief Respecter. Oh. Excellent. <laughs> so Wh- whom's the among thing? us shall be uh, awarded. <laughs> so should we just get stuck in? Yeah. Cool. yeah. Right. So... Your first choice is uh, UK cinemas are to close and to show the Queen's funeral on the 19th of September. And number two is new poppies are to be commissioned with Elizabeth's likeness and length of reign on them. And (laughs) your third option is British cycling warns cyclists to avoid cycling whilst funeral service and associated processions take place. Which is is a trick. This is a trick question. It's a trick question. It's option one because the cinemas are closing, but they're not showing the Queen's funeral one in the cinemas. Okay, I was going to say it's option James. three because the, there's not enough Land Rovers to patrol the streets of Britain to make sure the cyclists don't go anywhere. <laughs> oh no, the cycling story is true. <laughs> I'm going to say it's the poppy one because she didn't die on the hallowed day that she should have, <laughs> and did actually last year. Oh, I, I hope the poppy one's true. I've never wanted anything more in my life. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd love it to be true, but... Then to be I, shot for treason for not wearing a glorified Blue Peter badge. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim will fix his medal f- with the image of Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> the, the poppy gets you free entry to the Tower of London. The Jim will fix it medal gets you free entry into the palace, no questions asked. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone happy with their answers? Yeah, yep. go on. Yeah, go so, for it. So, um, the poppy one was the fake. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's so impressive. I know. I know so you're very on. disappointed. Are the cinemas actually showing the Queen's funeral? Uh, supposedly. And closing. Hmm. Uh, yes. Are, pe- are people having to break in to see it? <laughs> <laughs> the cinema, like the cinema, opens, but like no popcorn citizen just sit in the dark and watch the Queen's funeral. Every screen has been booked out for a private screening just for Nicholas Witchell. 
This is his Jurassic Park. No, what they're going to do is they're going to like just seal everyone in on Sunday night, and then like they have to fuck as their last act before they get gassed is watch the Queen's funeral. <laughs> does this um, does this include? Sorry, this might be a, this might be a little out there, but does this include the the porno cinemas in Soho? Because that's a fantastic image. I'm, I'm in my going mind. just to cut you off and assume the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's where we'll find Nicholas Witchell, definitely. No change in activities. Are you already for Nicholas round two? doing his own version oh, of yeah. the tweet. <laughs> 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 Nicholas Twitchell. A free, free gun solo, but not like that. <laughs> oh, man. Too much? Fuck that guy. <laughs> Okay, right. Round two, please. Okay, so uh, the theme for round two is politics is good, actually. Oh, no. Your first option, Parliament has spent two weeks debating further legislation to commemorate the Queen in place of anything else. Uh, Option two, Cromwell Museum gives a tribute to the life of the Queen. And your third option is Labour bans all MPs from making any public statements that aren't explicitly tributes to Queen Elizabeth. Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) This one, actually, this one is option one, uh, sadly, because I know about option two and three. I've seen them on Twitter. Well, yeah, it's oh. option one because they've just took two weeks off instead, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. you, you have, in fact, rumbled my uh, <laughs> incredible source for these of Twitter.com. Uh, it is, in fact, <laughs> option one is the fake. Speaking of politics, did anyone see it was possibly one of my uh, favourite bits? Uh, there was an article on the BBC, I think, two days ago now. Um, well, they were. It was like a fluff piece about like who would be attending uh, the state funeral, um, and they were like, you know, Biden's going to be there, blah blah blah, all that stuff. And they were like, who's not going to be there? And they named two people and sort of gave them equal billing. The president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, is probably not going to be there. And the other one, again, like on the same line, is like what we're also not sure about is whether the corgis will be <laughs> in reference to <laughs> sake. I thought the corgis would be pallbearers, personally. I thought so that's what they were being trained for the entire way. Pallbearers, but it's yeah, P-A-W-L-L. Oh, exactly. no. <laughs> no. Oh, just Surely the pallbearers, P-A-W-L-L. Oh, <laughs> literally the joke that was just made. I'm, I'm just picturing, <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing um, <laughs> Vladimir Putin and the corgis sat in a bed sit, like getting just fucking pissed watching it on the telly and like cursing her out, like, you know what I mean? It's like that fucking eight ace of, um... at, the gates of, at the gates of the cathedral. There is in that fucking funeral. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what, what sort of cans do corgis like? Dog food, obviously. Ah, that's not... Okay, sure, fine. All right, All right. Uh, I, I'm just going to chime in with Brewdog and then we just leave it there, because Jesus Christ. Um, uh, uh, should, should we... Uh... Finally, we have achieved full have I get news for you. <laughs> <laughs> should we All slither right, mercifully into round six, three? 63 seasons and a big fucking paycheck incoming. Thank you very much for yeah. watching again. Not, not for you, Also, Rob, I regret Steven. to inform you, but in 15 years, I will assume control of the country and bring it to ruin. <laughs> How will anyone tell, David? <laughs> okay, so round three, the theme of which is this stupid throne of kings, this normal aisle. Option one. Woman brings her mother's ashes to the Queen's funeral procession. <laughs> option two. Option Off two. Certain part. parts of Scotland and the home counties break out in spontaneous minute silences in memory of the Queen. 
And option three, Morrison's turns off beep at checkouts in, mem- in memory of the Queen, causing long queues. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, uh, I hope it's the third one, and I hope it's in response to that fucking one TikTok of the old woman scanning her shopping really furiously during the fucking minute silence. <laughs> it's uh, wait, was right, there already it's, a minute silence, J- Jamie? What did was there already supposed to be one? I didn't know this. No, right. I, I know they I, just had, like, they just had a spontaneous one. I think. Yeah, well, so, um, I there, think... there's one which will be enforced in all homes um, via the government-approved listening devices, which were planted there a long time ago, um, at eight o'clock on Sunday, um, the night before the funeral. So attendance I think... mandatory. Yeah, I, I think it's again option one is the fake because option three is true, and like option two sounds credible to me. Like, I don't know any other way to describe it. I can see, like, unprompted minute silence breaking out. I so. mean, you, you might say, turned the you fucking say, music off. Like, so, yeah, 100%, that, that third one is real. Uh, you might say that, like, someone didn't bring their mother's ashes to the funeral procession, but you can't prove that didn't happen, so... <laughs> Real's more, you buy one, you get one free drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a mum's ashes at the funeral truther now, like... <laughs> Rob, did you uh, did you give your? Uh, I think it's. I'm, I'm going to pick option two because I believe that weirdos in the home counties have done a minute silent, but I don't believe it of the Scots. I remember the question is oh, which one is fool. fake? Uh, yeah, you yeah, just said that one's fool. fake because he doesn't believe yes. in the doesn't believe the Scots would do it. Yeah, I don't know. They're all too fucking credible. I think. <laughs> I, I think. Um, I think the Ashes one is fake because I don't think that she would get in with Ashes. I've got bad news for you, David, because uh, option oh, no. one is true and option two was the fake. Yeah. <laughs> there have been, there have been, there have been minute silence up here. Yeah, but not spontaneously in the street. Oh, yeah, it's in the street, right? So it doesn't count if, like, you know, a, a shop organises it or something. It's got to be yeah, in the spontaneous, street. like, hence spontaneous. I think I think you should fucking demand a steward's inquiry here, James. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, get no, VAR on the case. Can we get the review cameras in, please? <laughs> Speaking of VAR as well, my favourite development over the weekend was the actual like existence confirmed of nonce VAR when someone slowed down that footage of Andrew feeling up his daughter. Oh God! Do you know, right? In, in all seriousness, do you know that that depresses me so much because. The daughter doesn't flinch. Because Val's ruined the sport. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't try and keep it like I shouldn't try and be serious at all tonight. It's a a lost, it's a lost proposition. The Queen's dead. I'm here saying that, you know, Prince Andrew's daughter clearly looks like she's used to it and everyone else is just, like, going off on one. Yeah, there is a tone tonight. Yeah, computers and took all the fun out anyone who tries to stop the tide. Uh, I will say my favourite bit of, of, like, footage fuckery has been the... Um, the rewind and slowing down of Dan Wooten respectfully laying flowers and just saying he's stealing he, flowers uh, from Brenda. Uh, Rob, it's so impossible to it's impossible to reverse video footage like that. Yeah, no. that's what experts are telling me. I'll be all right in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, there's one of those spontaneous minute silences I was telling you about. Oh, fucking hell, man. All right, let, let's all have a minute silence just to get Jamie back online. I do like the idea of the spontaneous minute silence being something that just someone decided actually this is a minute silence rather than just this is a really fucking awkward set of people who just don't want to talk. They'll try to pass it off as something respectful. <laughs> Does that mean we are, like, obliged as Republicans to spend the entire time fucking yelling in the streets just so that no one accidentally mistakes it for a minute silence? Yeah, if, if you're you a Republican, not? you're required yeah. to, like, tape a kazoo to your mouth for the next coming week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All I need to get. I need to get processed in, through a Vuvuzela. I need to get a new uh, Twitter account so I can schedule a tweet for that time with that fucking video of the Vuvuzelas <laughs> at, the, at the World Cup. <laughs> Well, you heard it here, Twitter moderation. When you find the account doing that on the day of a minute silence, you know who it is. Yeah, well, fucking come at me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> didn't, it didn't take the first eight times. Maybe the ninth will have more luck. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not, we're not going to do anything really to do with the fucking the news because, like we said, there is none. And like the, the royal fucking shit has just been constant. I am so tired. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so bored. fucking tired. I'm so fucking bored. Like, mm. I mean, would you like me to bore you with more, uh, <laughs> with more insanity from this country? Like, on, I mean, I the only thing it. I sort of found remotely interesting was like just to see how high the pitch was, and I do think it has something to do with like any royal succession, like even in the 21st century, is like kind of fraught with suspense because there's like a weird moment where it's not really there anymore and i think like part of the well, reason the whole thing's just kicked into overdrive let's um let's let's visit the uh the, the tv schedule for today right bbc one 6 a.m breakfast 10 bbc news special eleven fifteen, his majesty the king in northern ireland four o'clock his Ma- her majesty the queen the journey to london 1745 bbc news at six the journey to London. So they're just going to train a camera on like a car driving or something. No, 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 no. Have... That was the plane. They, they, they put it in an RAF oh. fucking plane and then they, they, it took off um, from Edinburgh and they said, right, we'll be back in an hour. So then they did the news at six at 17.45. And then at 18.20, we had report in Scotland. And then at 18.45, we had the eve of the procession to lying in state. And then there was an emergency newscast to learn that the pilot of that plane had only learned how to take off, but not to land. No, unfortunately, that was that was when it did land. Um, and, and then the one show was on, so there is no end to the torture. I know, I, I, do like that they, I do like that they put her on a plane rather than drive her through the barbarian hinterlands. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there was all this, this stuff going on about like, oh, when she, you know, when the funeral, uh, uh, I don't know, when her coffin passes by, there's going to be like thousands of people lining the, th- the street and like there's going to be, everybody's going to be throwing flowers and like, honestly, oh, I haven't no, seen a fucking no. lick of this coverage. Has this been right. happening? No, I'm sorry. Like- ha- Some of it has been happening, nothing to the fucking tune of what's been said. But, um, so last night she was, um, she was in St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh. And there was a, a guard of honour and shit like that, and mm-hmm. some soldiers stood around a coffin. And people could go through that cathedral all night. One woman went through seven fucking times. <laughs> and wait for it, did, though. Did... Wait for it. ScotRail had to put on all-night trains to Edinburgh from Glasgow 
because there was actually demand for it. A shameful, a shameful city. I mean, if you ever well, wanted to rob a house in Govan, last night was your best <laughs> opportunity, and it will never happen again. I mean, you know, you tell no lies about like um, every single person with like a crown tattoo, a British flag, and no surrender. A ranger stop. Well, <laughs> yeah, basically, like queuing up. You know, this is uh, this is like their pilgrimage to Mecca. Essentially, it only they only have to do it once in their lifetime. But by God, they're gonna do it, sort of thing. We should My, just start, uh... we should start telling people that the Queen's coffin is faced towards Mecca just to really annoy the. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, she did. Um, she did accept the the truth of Allah and his one true prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, upon her deathbed. This is established. That's fact. true. She did. She said the shahada. She was dying. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. My favorite thing about that TV schedule is that the king in Northern Ireland. I hear they've CGI'd him into Bloody Sunday like Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, did you see oh, some the, of that? It's been so the, fucking uh... disappointing. Like it was fucking. Like, here's here's a really big deal, and it's a bunch of Sinn Fein assembly members or whatever just fucking like shaking hands, and it's like, what happened? <laughs> what is this? Did you? I mean, did you see the, uh, the the footage that just like was on Twitter right before we started recording of him like losing his fucking shit because his pen doesn't work like again in Ireland mm-hmm. that he signed it with the wrong date and then his pen started leaking and then like a little petulant child had left like seven eights again replace his pen yeah yeah fucking hell man I, I, actually, I, I love that for him that's his that's his thing he's the fucking he's like he's one weakness is virals yeah he's been cursed <laughs> by the little Beck guy. Yeah. No, no, it's like, listen, you're making fun, you're making fun of him inappropriately here. Um, you know, it's not his fault that his massive sausage fingers crush any implement put in them, causing the ink to go everywhere. This is just like, you know, have some respect. Got fucking pair of hands like Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I like the do idea we, of, so sick of, of, of Camilla having to have like a titanium skeleton or something just to be around him all the time. <laughs> nope, nope. I do not like the direction this is going. We will be ending this She's now. Like Move like like the main topic. I no, just no, think I've got one more round for you, David. <laughs> no, I think it was. I think it was very good and kind of Mister Blobby to donate his hands and transplant. <laughs> <laughs> it's what uh, she would have wanted. I've got one more round for you, David, before we go. Oh, you've got one topic. more round. Right, yep. okay. One more round and then the main topic, which Correct. has nothing to do with any of this shit. Yep. We are we are officially sealing the sarcophagus of the Queen and we're never going to talk about her again. Yep. Yeah, that line. to Egypt. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, uh, James, because you asked during our last recording when we talked about this shit, we're, we're about, about this with, well, there's your problem, about why the coffin of the royals is lead-lined... Um, oh, that's yeah, why go they on. weigh so much. So I finally I, I read up on the answer to this, and the answer I promise you this is true is um, I, sorry. You, can I just you before see, before you say it before you say it, it's so that her precious orgone energy cannot escape. <laughs> <laughs> no, the genuine answer is to preserve the corpse. Well, maybe they're going to invent that technology to bring her lifeless corpse back to life, and then she could continue right. her reign, and Charles will be forever condemned. Sorry. I'm sorry, but How we did... invented Muppets decades ago. In all seriousness, sorry, we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do this for a second, David. You can't stop me, Rob. What? How does making the coffin lead preserve the corpse? I I don't know because elements. That's the all going thing. What am I, a fucking physicist or a necromancer? I don't know. That's but this is the stated uh, well, reason. David evidently. Those are, those is are the two options on career day at Rob's school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, and thus why he lives in the skeleton castle. No, no, I'm going. I'm going with David's explanation. It's all going energy, clearly. Yeah. Right. I mean, put it this way: Who else can you think of in history that has been put in a lead-lined coffin and then filled in with concrete around it, other than the people who cleaned up the radiation at Chernobyl? Look, Diana. I don't care how long you carry this Rod on. Hull. I'm going to subject you all to this fourth <laughs> round, whether you like it or not. <laughs> all right. Now you know how I feel all the time, Alistair. <laughs> I've just, I've just had, like pictured Rod Hull falling off his roof and like landing in a crater, and they couldn't pick him up, so they just filled it in with concrete and lead. <laughs> so the theme for round four is actually <laughs> imagine, right? Imagine if. The reason the reason Emu's never done anything since Rod Hull died is not because Rod Hull was working Emu, but because Emu's like Thor's hammer and only the worthy can lift it. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie is gonna like find his final calling. He, in he's life not. He's off Twitter to, for like goes... three days, and he's like just got to unleash it all on the rest of us. <laughs> I just Jamie is going to find his calling in life when he goes to Iceland and just he suddenly gets necked by a fucking emu and he wakes up holding the one true power like I'm loving this fantastic <laughs> theme for round four <laughs> no was this, was this not round was this not round three I think this was round three uh, no we've done round three you have sure we? yes we have. Yeah, we have. that was yeah. uh, the queen's uh, the ashes thing etc oh right oh, okay, okay. Can we get the, uh, the instant replay just to confirm that? <laughs> you can do that on your own time. So the first the first option, up to 100 uh, of King Charles' staff have been given a redundancy notice now that he's king. Option two, uh, food banks, uh, well, some food banks are closed on the 19th of September because of the funeral. And option three, Jedward to be arrested and possibly deported if either sets foot in the UK due to incitement to treason. <laughs> it's the Je- Jedward thing because uh, Jedward one. because I saw the other two. Yeah, it's the Jedward one because the embolished incitement as an offence and treason has also not been prosec- excuse me prosecuted since forever. But I like the idea of, uh, of can still be prosecuted for. I, I really uh, like the idea of of Jedward leading like a second Jacobite rebellion, though. Like I think that's really cool, and it should happen. <laughs> Yeah, comrades Jedward are uh, always welcome in this country because uh, you are in fact correct. Mm. <laughs> True story. Do you know that Prince Charles they issued a redundancy notice literally while he was at the when he went to Balmoral? His staff were all told pretty much at the same time, "Oh yeah, you're going to be made redundant." Yeah, like um, just like nice guy. Maybe they should have joined a union. <laughs> uh, they were the Union of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> also, Alistair, uh, actually, you're, you're you're forgetting that uh, royal staff is uh, specifically legally exempt from most employment laws, presumably also yes. from like their right to form a union. No, they are. They, I was about to say they explicitly are. They cannot form a union. Yeah. <laughs> Not with oh, that hey, attitude. Hey, at least uh, at least <laughs> at least non-white people can be hired by the royal family now. Oh, that's good. Look at oh, wow. progress. That so much uh, that, that, that's an assu- that's an assumption there, Alistair. I mean, they, oh, can, they can be, be. but they necessarily will be. <laughs> yep, fair. Okay. And that's it. Well done, everyone, or commiserations if you got it wrong. Well, commiserations to everybody on this. Yeah, on this mainly commiserations. <laughs> Do you know, there's a tweet that's just appeared on my feed from the New York Post. The Queen had a gold-plated Nintendo uh, Wii. 
<laughs> yeah, that no, that I've heard that before. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, someone give her it, didn't they? Apparently, know. she liked wee bowling. Great. I mean, just fair enough. To- wee bowling wasn't terrible. Uh, yeah, but you know, just relatable things. The old nan liked wee bowling. Fantastic. So someone gave her a gold plate and Nintendo Wii. What the fuck? <laughs> just apparently oh, it was uh, it was auctioned off though, like uh, somewhere earlier this year. Oh yeah, she got upgraded to a Nintendo Switch, and that was it. <laughs> it's a bit weird that they're refusing to announce the next Zelda game, though. Like, it's not what she would have wanted. Do you know why? Like, it's amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. The subtitle for the new Zelda game is Tears of the Kingdom. And that meant, that meant that somewhere at Nintendo, someone sat down and saw the Queen had died and just went, oh, shit. And we are like, you know, oh, like, well, we're just going to... I should have added, there were a few honourable mentions. The Nintendo thing was one of them, but I thought, oh, that's actually happened now, so I won't bring that up. Uh, the other honourable mention goes out to Centre Parks for kicking all their fucking guests out for a day, uh, oh, yeah. which I figured everyone would have seen. And uh, okay, oh, You can leave your incredible. luggage at the lodge. Yeah, that is fucking incredible. Yeah, go, sit, go, go fucking I... sleep under a bus. Oh, wait, no, those are closed as well, probably. What I don't understand about this is I am pretty certain that all of those people will have grounds to sue Centre Parks for breach of contract. Uh, I just can't make sense of this. Because because they're scared of the papers. They obviously hope that they can smooth it over with the people they kick out and, like, you know, offer them a free week or some shit. And that... The, the grief they get from that will be less than if the Daily Mail runs, like, a front-page story about how Centre Parks are run by communists. Yeah, like, what, like a picture just... of one happy child in a swimming pool, like to- Centre Park's toddler ruins a royal funeral. Yeah. Like, imagine, ima- this... like, you've seen the Centre Park adverts with people doing, like, jumps on mountain bikes through the woods. Imagine if that happened during the Queen's funeral. <laughs> imagine if, imagine <laughs> if anyone experienced some kind of working-class joy. I've just realised, you know what it is? They issued that advice saying that no one should ride a bike on the day of the, day of the royal funeral, and Centre Parks have went, oh, fuck, oh, shit, oh, God, and so they've, like, cancelled it, because famously, when you're in Centre Parks, the only transport is a bike. I mean, well, yeah. that's not true, though. There's also the water slide, and nothing has been issued in the way of guidance about that. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, every single fucking, every single, like, business in the country will be shitting bricks because what if one of their employees like went to the papers because everyone treats their employees like shit so it's it's entirely fair to assume your employees might have a grudge against you and what if one of them went to the papers and went well i wanted to go and grieve our madge but like the fucking like center parks wouldn't let me have the day off i looked at it and apparently they're not unionized um as I'm best i can tell in the slightest hospitality yeah. industry they're also they're owned by like a ultimately owned by like a Canadian investment firm, so like you know, go fucking figure. Mm. Oh well, um, shall we? Shall yeah. we just fuck this off? Because I just I don't really want to hear about fucking royals anymore. No, can't fucking take it anymore. Ideally, never again. But alas. All right. Well, I think since we've all just had like more than enough of uh, royal nonsense, I figure I'd tell you about some some other nonsense. Um, Apart from from finance shenanigans, as you well know, one of my other hobbies for this podcast is um, insane crypto guys and their visions for the future. And I this time, what I'd like to talk mm-hmm. to you about is what I think is as close of a combination between neoliberal corp- corporations and the Warhammer 40k future, but good actually that I've ever found. It's fucking <laughs> two incredible. great tastes that taste great together. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the, what I want to talk about is like a it's a new sort of um, charity or moral philosophy uh, called long termism and the effective altruism movement. That is, these things are very intertwined. Oh no, I know about the effective altruism. Oh fuck me! Can I retroactively like? Can we resurrect the queen so this episode never happened? No, Fred. <laughs> um, listen, God they have been trying for days and it hasn't. Worked yet. <laughs> Yeah, they've, they've been sacrificing thousands of psychers and it's not doing any good. They've been pumping so much adrenochrome into her that Hillary Clinton is going short for once and it's made no difference. All right. So before I start, I want to give a big credit to um, Emil Torres. They wrote a lot of the stuff um, that I've read and then added a whole bunch of sources, many of whom that I've also read for this piece uh so credit to them and as usual if i've any fuck-ups are mine not theirs um so essentially uh long-termism and the effect of altruism movement is an extremely weird and like profoundly not good uh futurist charity movement involving a bunch of crypto billionaires uh, a bunch of oxford-based philosophers and lots and lots and lots of money essentially and you might think this is like just a niche and weird thing and it is but it has already really started working its way into like the centers of power like the united nations oxford cambridge stanford mit uh global finance is intertwined with this the un is doing like a global conference on like some of the stuff they're working on so this is like this is not bottom up this is very much a top-down elite uh, project um, and the reason we're talking about it now is that essentially it's recently had like a big sort of coming out at the popular level with a new book them. from one of its main uh, promoters, a guy called William McCaskill. Uh, the book's called What We Owe the Future. It was featured in the New York Times, the New Yorker, the Guardian, the BBC, Time Magazine and Bloomberg, a host of Fox, you know, all the usual places. Yeah. And like all the marketing tools are being used to influence not just elite thinking anymore, but to really push it into like high level liberalism as, as the new thing. And it's come equipped with like lots of nice quotes and good things like elite approval for like the, for, for this book. And it's also surprisingly very full of thinking that's very good for the petrochemical and finance industries, because one of the main <laughs> conclusions of the book is that now is not the time to like not do infinite growth. Uh, and that's essentially because we don't yet have the technological whiz bangs necessary to balance out less economic growth with good times for everybody. How did uh, all of therefore... these fossil fuel interests get into my altruism movement? The jury is still out. <laughs> Uh, therefore, at least according to McCaskill, we, we need more technology and more innovation and more growth right now so that in some indeterminate date of the future, uh, we will solve humanity's challenges. But those challenges oh, are so not a wizard the ones you're thinking of right now. So a wizard will fix it. Cool. Great. Yes, yes, but but later we have to... I think the um, the main challenge facing humanity is cunts like this. <laughs> <laughs> Challenging my um, fucking humanity anyway. Yeah, and also as a side note, as I, when I say long-termism, I distinctly do not mean like having a political idea or like a vision that is long-term, like something normal, uh, you know, as opposed to like a lot of the next election cycle stuff that we see a lot in politics as it exists today that is actually very harmful to society as a whole. 
Um, instead, when I when we talk about or when I talk about long termism for the rest of this podcast, um, I'm very much talking about the idea as laid out by one of its philosophers, uh, a guy called Nick Bostrom. Uh, yeah, Bostrom, and he's also the founder of the Future of Humanity Institute. Um, and what he defines as long termism is a that very I- very ominous name. It has very it's, a, it's, uh, it's very Deus Ex, yeah. It is it, it's it's very much um hey, uh Icarus, you might not want to fly so close to the sun, my boy, kind of energy about it, you know? <laughs> it's Hubris, thy name is what is it? Uh, Institute for Future of Humanity Society? Future of Humanity like, Institute. Uh, oh, Institute, sorry. Yeah, you know, you wouldn't get society from people like this. Um No, no, yeah, very just... much not. God damn. Uh, so the idea, essentially what they mean by long-termism is that, that what matters most, uh, this is a quote, is for Earth-originating intelligent life to fulfill its potential in the cosmos. So we're looking at that kind of timescale. Oh. So the dolphins into space. <laughs> yeah, because when, when yes, I think well, about the long-term, I think, hmm, what is humanity's role in the cosmos? Not how are we going to stop boiling the planet's oceans and poisoning <laughs> like every single conceivable ecosystem on the planet have you considered that we could burn and boil a lot of other ecosystems on other planets (laughs) so essentially like the 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 potential for humanity out there in the cosmos is mostly undefined but it is definitely glorious and it is definitely the, the the place we we want to go um so according to bostrom there are like four long term future outcomes for humanity as a whole uh, we can go extinct, which would be bad. Um, Good. Would it, we- though? I was going to say, define. <laughs> <laughs> bad for whom? Uh, the other bad thing is we could, humanity could plateau because we can advance technology. We cannot or we do not wish to advance technology uh, we find, any we further. We finally researched the entire tech tree and it's like, that's the worst thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> yes, no, exactly. Oh, we, not we, the repeatable techs. <laughs> <laughs> I hate we, plus we, 5% energy weapon damage, fuck's sake. See, I've got another read on it. I think it's Return to Monkey. I think the anarcho-primitivists are finally going to uh, No, get that's the next yeah. one. Mm-hmm. The next future oh, is that it? would oh, also wow. be bad is like a sort of cycle of repeat repeated collapses and re-emergences from the dust, essentially just sort of looping humanity, uh, if you will. Puzzling <laughs> <laughs> piss of humanity. Uh, th- but the good outcome, uh, which is where we uh, uh, go into the cosmos, is essentially a post-human era, and this is from uh-huh, the... the flesh is um, weak, yeah, I'm on board with yeah, it. Uh, it yep. This is from uh, the wiki attached to the uh, effective altruism movement. Um, of course. This is... The, the, the post-human era is where people have developed significantly different cognitive abilities, population sizes, body types, sensory or emotional experiences, or life expectancies. Yeah. Guy, your man wants to fuck a robot. That's what this is. <laughs> no, it's from the moment I understood the weakness of my flesh, it disgusted me. And I wanted to fuck a robot. <laughs> yeah, once, once you get the cybernetics implanted, though, James, everything becomes a lot easier. I, I'm sorry, I've got nothing but Stellaris on the brain at the moment. Oh, I just, I'm just going <laughs> Warhammer, 40, Warhammer 40k Mechanicus right now, to be totally honest. I, yeah, I, this, but honestly, I am perfectly fucking content for someone to just upload my brain onto a thumb drive and just yeet me into fucking the void. Just just <laughs> throw me into fucking space and leave me be. And but essentially, like, if, if according to long-termism, if we don't make the right decisions now 
And by we, I mean a very specific and small cadre of elite freaks. Um, and if we don't make the right decisions now to guide humanity along the right pathways, uh, then it cannot achieve its true purpose in the cosmos by uh, existing um, and getting better until until quite literally the heat death of the universe, which is about uh -huh. 10 to the 100th power years away from today. Not soon enough, if you ask me. Rob, you said the right pathways there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just my brain misheard that as the white pathways, and I was well, like, you, yeah, that'd be about right It's an easy mistake guys. to make. Uh, it's, yeah. it's... <laughs> so um, what's, the first, what's the first stages of this brighter plan for humanity? Is it all the rich people like go into bunkers with the money to keep it safe and then after like everything collapses they come back out and are welcomed as liberators is that roughly the gist of it well the first step is to do with having more rich people uh which is the effective altruism bit and just as an aside uh this thing by the way is is um that's um, fucking incredible defining altruism as there being more rich people and not getting rid of or solving the problem of people being very poor i mean bob's being glib but that is effectively what a movement means um essentially uh, by the way this whole thing is uh, one of elon musk's favorite charities as well as like a host of other like is. crypto psychos um all right, so let's talk a bit about the like the starting point. This is like the sort of um, this is like the Scientology before they start talking about the space aliens and stuff. Um, so you so paid like five hundred dollars for your like weird class, and now we're about to find out about feet. Yes. Yeah. So essentially, effective altruism is a marketing terms that term that comes out of uh, two organizations founded or co-founded by uh, William McCaskill, Bostrom, and some of the others. Uh, the first is called Giving What We Can, and the other is called um, 80,000 Hour Communities. Um, Giving what we can is an incredibly Silicon Valley idea. It's essentially like a charity aggregator where... Um, a host of computer dorks and programmers picks the right charities that have like the most impact. <laughs> I've got I've got an alternative suggestion. It's take what we fucking want. Uh, mm. Yeah, but what if like yeah. it's it's like if you if this podcast let's say and we definitely do have like a million quid to to give away to charity. Where do mm -hmm. we put it that it saves the most lives? Like, do you give it to like? Um, anti-malaria things, or or deworming things, or or maybe saving just, a habitat. No, just just donate it to fucking coders without borders. <laughs> I mean, uh, here's the thing. Like, the, the spoilers for this is it starts off with, oh, well, we just need to effectively target our contributions to maximize the yes. good in a kind of utilitarian it's, You maximize kind of the way. returns of your, on your charity, which is something very yes. normal that a lot of people do. Um, yeah, and it's it's, and wouldn't, it's, it's you, like... wouldn't you know it? It it immediately says that all the forms of tra charity which actually do any kind of good to your average person, they're like bad they're like bad investments, you know. Don't yeah, but help like the the, the 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 charities that are like closely aligned to something, say like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, those are very good. So it's along mm. those lines. You kind of have to see. <laughs> yeah, it like don't that. don't don't donate a million dollars to like a homeless charity because those pricks are just go out and spend it on homeless people. What the fuck's that about? Yeah, well, exactly. this, Alistair, you bring up a nice example. So this is, that is how that works. Like, if you donate, like, a, a million quid to, like, a homeless charity in London, you might prevent 
I don't know, I'm picking a number out of thin air, uh, uh, 40 people from freezing to death in the winter. Whereas if you give that million quid to an orphanage in Ghana, you might save like 200 orphans. Therefore, it is more utilitarian to save 200 people and let the people in London starve. So it's not going to be very big to um, buy as English then? Well, no, I mean, well, the, the homeless in London can just have marmalade sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other thing that I mentioned was the um, 80,000 hours uh, community, which is apparently like the average length of a, of a career. Um, and 80,000 hours exists to funnel the right people into the, the really smart people into the right careers, because if they make a shit ton of money, they can give more money away through giving what we can. So like it yeah. says to young people, instead of like becoming an organizer or an activist or, or, or a union leader, um, you should go to work in like Wall Street or Silicon Valley or like BP. Um, so you can earn a lot. And be, when you earn a lot, you can donate more to charity effectively. Yeah. So that's the, that, that is the actual function of this. It's like guilt reduction, right? The other half of it sounds a bit strange. Like, well, what's the problem? Oh my God, they've reinvented tides. <laughs> yeah basically it's like buy you're thinking of indulgences but same idea like you buy off the guilt by giving some of your your money to the church if you will but um the other side of this just to like cut through the bullshit and just spell it out explicitly it's the preston model but the rich prick like third sector ecosystem is what they're essentially doing what they're trying yeah, but they've to say made is, it way worse they've quantified it and yeah. made it worse yeah. in every like they've taken charity which is already like has a lot of problems and then said what if we like jam that's full of silicon valley cunts yeah and this is the idea though it's, it's like it's the preston model for rich pricks third sector right so don't don't let your money go away from silicon valley or whatever and end up like in an actual effective charity instead circulate it through our group of like you know codependent like good Silicon Valley adjacent and friendly, you know, uh, mates. And as a consequence, it keeps all that money circulating in the same ecosystem. Because wouldn't you know it, you donate to the charity that's going to do, let's say, the orphanage in Ghana, Rob. And wouldn't you know it, they take out a contract with Microsoft. And then Microsoft pays its employees and its employees are all subscribed to this service where they give some of their money to effective spending, which goes to a charity in Ghana. And you just kind of get its Preston model, except it's for rich pricks. That's what it basically is. It, yeah, it, it has some it has some bonus features, but that's that's not a bad way of, of putting it. Um, but essentially, according to its own website, um, it's it's really hard to get good data on this. But um, this foundation, um, the the Effective Altruism Foundation, now has more than forty six billion US dollar in committed funding, which is like seven billion more than the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And if you're thinking about like how much like evil that's done in the world and like how much influence it has, this has the potential to be like way way bigger about 420 million us dollar a year is being donated by about 10,000 people a few yeah. very select people in particular so it's very rich people who keep control over where the donations are going through the lens of effectiveness essentially yeah and they, they in, intentionally use it to shape policy like i don't know if we've talked in depth about the bill and melinda gates foundation before but no. for example they shape the educational curriculum but basically going, hey, we've got a big check, we could cut you, but we've just got a few concerns. And, yes, yeah, like, yeah. you know, we just shit like that. I mean, famously, the, the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine is a really good example of this, where they were going to make it free, but then the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation said, actually, it's better if you partner with uh, a Big Pharma. Mm -hmm. um, 
so originally all this stuff like the um the effective altruism the eighty thousand hours thing uh the giving what we can thing it was all sort of based around you know the usual stuff but like in a in a more realistic I won't say realistic, but like we want to solve um, global poverty. We want to have better animal welfare, all that stuff. It's since taken a bit of a turn, a turn. And mm-hmm. that's why I, now I want to talk, start, start talking about long termism because these two, like the, the whole strategy of effective altruism is now essentially pointing in the direction of long termism. Uh, so now I want to start talking it about William McCaskill. He wrote like a long essay uh, published in full on the BBC website, by the way. And it's mm-hmm. the main thing you get when you read it is it's it's incredibly vague when you're looking for the problems that this thing wants to solve. And why that is will become like incredibly and painfully obvious as I keep talking uh, about it. Um, and mm-hmm. see when uh, when you say it was published in full on the BBC website, I'm just picturing it like it, it just tells you what time like fucking question of sports on or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, essentially, the main one of the main tenets of long termism is that um, f- all future unborn generations yet to come between us and the heat death of the universe matter as much as the people currently alive. Um, So let me quote from the essay. If you could prevent a genocide in a thousand years, the fact that those people don't exist yet would do nothing to justify inaction. In fact, you are morally obliged to act in such ways as to prevent future collapses of all kinds. Now, how you do that, of course, is... (sighs) This is just fucking Rocco's Basilisk, but nicer. I'm uh, guessing this always manifests as... Well, you know, you could, like, give money to the poor today, but if you gave that yeah. money to, like, fucking, do you know what I mean, Elon Musk, in the future he would save 10 million times as many, like, poor people, so it's better to just, like, give him the money. Yep, Pretty you got it exactly. in one, Jamie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> essentially, and the, the, the threats that long-termism and these various institutes around it have um, all identified is not like basic stuff like you know rampant inequality or or climate change collapse or biosphere collapse or you know any of those things uh, the two main ones that they're very worried about is pandemics on the one hand uh, as well as rogue AIs breaking loose and essentially what? killing us all oh, one of these things is fuck. not like the other we should <laughs> so, be so fucking lucky what so if what basically... basilisk had a carrot rather than a stick no, it's um. What well, this is like, where this comes about is it's for Rocco's Basilisk people. Like, oh God, you need to be nice to the machine so that when is it this, comes is... into being, it won't like come back in time and fuck us all. All like, right, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's these people, <laughs> right? Um, have essentially got their hooks into this and went, oh well, hang on a minute. Um, and that that's the direct connection. That's why the rogue AI. Because what it is is it? Someone's listened to. You know, we've listened to Rocco's Basilisk of, oh, at some point there'll be a supercomputer arises, which will be so powerful, eventually it'll figure out how to do time. No, 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 that's not necessarily it. It's the fact that it could recreate a version of you that is so like you that it basically is, and you would therefore be torturing yourself... It's so fucked up. It's, I it's know, like, right. It's but the Star Trek the... transporter argument, except taken to the fucking nth degree. But See what it is, though. If, the um... like, Sorry, go uh, on. Yeah. So part of the problem is that it's someone has heard this and went, well, that's fucked up. Why don't we just stop the AI from existing? And, uh, <laughs> exactly. You know. <laughs> exactly. And, and to stop the AI the thing from is, existing, like... we must may now make certain choices 
that we know that in like we don't know but we can make like a probability outcome then in a thousand year the decision to do something with an ai or not will save this people is, this is the exact this is example convergent evolution of fuckwits this is just the fear of god for people who've like gone too far on like fucking fedora atheism and don't want to back down <laughs> oh it gets yeah. way it gets like if you thought for fedora atheism <laughs> and, and i just i just want to say as well if like if if someone invents this fucking like basilisk i'll just batter the fucking thing do you know what i mean <laughs> right so i'm not scared of a he, fucking computer so bacasco in the essay does away quite quickly with the pandemic scare he essentially just says look we just need more cool hot startups funded with lots of pe money from people working in the petrochemical sector and then they will fix it because wizards um i mean what the fuck are they like, going to do now that the free money taps going to be like is being shut off because that's that's like, a very that's... interesting question because a lot of their donors are highly like into the crypto space so i don't know and like from everything i'm going to tell you like upcoming it's probably better that none of what these people want will like come to pass or, or, or become in like start to infest elite elite institutions more than it already has um but Jamie, i want to talk I'm a little bit sorry like the, 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 the sorry the phrase I have no gadget and I must dunch has just popped into my head. <laughs> 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 I had to get it out, sorry. <laughs> it was an intrusive thought that I had to escape. <laughs> you see what it is though? That, that whole fucking thing about, oh, the computer will make a copy of you and torture it forever. It's like, the copy of me that the computer like created... On top of everything else, would just be disappointed if I'd like fucking not like fuck the computer off. Do you know what I mean? So, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really exactly. like the idea just, of there existing picturing... copies of you with like even more Twitter accounts. Like at some point, you know, it would just be ninety percent <laughs> yeah. Jamie. I'm I'm quite happy Jamie's for the services. <laughs> I'm quite happy for the suspended sentence that I serve to be served by another version of me. That works yeah. out in my favor. Yeah, fuck actually. that guy. I'm, I hate I'm, him. I'm just picturing like AI Jamie gets resurrected in like the you know pain matrix and just kind of looks around and goes ah, fair enough fair cop then so you know just like because so that, that strikes me as the attitude right let me tell you a little bit more about their specific worries around AI I mean there's they, they have two they have two specific types of worry about this the first one is essentially what if we invented an AI that can engineer itself into an even better AI and that would essentially turn against us or set priorities that don't serve us and it would Good. essentially improve so fast we couldn't understand it anymore and essentially we would create a god with flaws in its logic that would essentially seek to skip steps to delivering us a better future and like glass oh, the planet fuck or off we are doing that right now there is a fucking yeah. 10 day procedure to do this at the moment <laughs> fuck's sake the, mean, the problem like, the problem with all these fucking idiots is like oh ai oh ai might fucking like take over the planet oh what about the ai it's like the, the problem is that they think fucking they genuinely think that like tech bros um, are wizards it's like you know what i mean have you seen the state of ai it's fucking dog shit it isn't real they've been <laughs> yeah, on the, they've been on the brink they've been on the brink of inventing it for 40 years at this point it just just fucking leave it alone also, Jamie, can like, I can oh, I present you like an even more terrifying thought than a self-improving AI that would glass the planet? Um, this is from self-improving like AI that wouldn't glass the planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is from an exceedingly fawning profile in the Guardian last month. Um, imagine, yeah. McCaskill says, if the Nazis had won the Second World War, held oh on to God. power for a oh, yeah, few hundred years. 
Hell yeah, of I think John Lennon's version was better. <laughs> uh, imagine all the Nazis. <laughs> Uh, the Nazis held on to power for a few hundred years, established a world government, and then got to the point of developing artificial general intelligence, and then you could have a future that would be guided and controlled by Nazi ideology forever. And so, how would that be any different to today? <laughs> well, what, it would be more you... evil. Uh, uh, you know, like, what I if don't know. Operation Paperclip happened? Yeah. <laughs> Operation <laughs> Clippy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, we've heard about these runaway eyes that want to turn everything into paper clips, and I think you've just solved it, David. People have misunderstood uh. it. Um, no, 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 seriously, like, this always gets me, because it's like, oh, what if we make an AI which is flawed in its logic, and it's like, yeah, like human beings. Like, uh, yeah, well, but the, thing, look- the thing is, though, if you invent an AI, just don't plug it into, like, the fucking computer that launches nukes. It's not. It's not difficult, right? It's a computer. You just leave it un, like in the computer. You don't connect it to a. Th- do you know what I mean? Like you don't connect it to a thing that can then destroy the world, and it can't do fuck all about it. You know. You just make sure you don't let like some guy who like if you've got a guy who has access to the nukes, you don't let him talk yeah, to it yeah, in just, case he's like that fucking dipshit from it's Google. Way t- it's way too late because Stormfront's already online. So, like, the, the Jamie, Jamie's like way into this debate, like the fucking guy in that CSI show where he just pulls the p- plug out for the computer. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jamie's However, basically saying more sky, I, I, less net, and I'm in favor of that. I do want to uh, stress that, and they also want to stress that it's not like all AIs are evil. As long as they remain under control, we will need like digital minds because they can replace human workers, and that would scale up the amount of brains we could dedicate oh, to God, the Oh God! I just got it. I just got it. It's not the AI will be evil part that scares them. It's the the AI might rebel, and we we can't. We can't control it like we can control people. <laughs> the AI might That's realize what we've been doing to it this whole time. <laughs> yeah, like we've not, we, these these suckers who we've got working for us down the Tesco or whatever. Like they'll take whatever we throw at them. But what if we make an AI and it's actually smart enough to go? How about no? And we can't rein it back in line. Torment- That's what they're afraid of. It is karmic punishment. The torment cube is going to realize that we created it on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right, but so again, though, the thing is, like, why would you create an AI that can think for itself and not just one that's like, you know, specific, like machine learning to do the fucking checkout at Tesco or whatever? It's insane to think that you would like go, ah, oh, we've invented, we've invented the mechanical brain. Actually, it thinks like an actual human, no, the and then reason, we're going to put that in a checkout. Right? No, the reason they want to do that, Jamie, is it has to have the capacity to be demeaned and suffer for it to actually give them any joy and value in life. It has I mean, to meaningfully James, be subjugated. You're, you're not far wrong because a lot of the research, I say research, just big quotation marks, being done into essentially what if AI but evil is done through the Machine Intelligence Research Institute, uh, which gets a lot of money from Peter Thiel. So like that's, that's yeah, absolutely there you go. fine. Um, yeah, what if but, your Alexa came to life and like broke into the moon and tried to kill it? <laughs> exactly and then we wouldn't get to go to the moon so like these are some of the real like these are like the um the pandemics and the evil ais are some of the things that long termists want to avoid but i want to spend some real time oh talking they've done about, a bang up fucking job on avoiding the pandemics um i want to talk some i want to talk for a while also about like the, the good outcomes essentially so if we prioritize things right it, are the good use, outcomes are the good outcomes fuck you and more money for us <laughs> they are I, I can't even begin you have to let me talk about this for a little bit so <laughs> it, 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 
if we prioritize the right things and use like charity in the right way, we could essentially uh, create like a superhuman race of peoples that could colonize the stars. <laughs> And also exist on digital planes powered by supercomputers, which are powered by Dyson swarms that use the energy of star well, systems. How much well, fucking I hate to, acid I hate were to they tell on? you, I hate to tell you, but I had to turn a guy away from like knocked on the door the other day, asked collect money for like the British Heart Foundation or something because I just can't afford it, and so I might have like derailed that future forever. So you know what I mean? It's on me, lads. Sorry. <laughs> Report to the torment nexus. Yeah. <laughs> a Jamie flaps its wings in the UK and the whole f- star future collapses. Um, He's doing so his part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so there's, the, there's, there's the three negative outcomes, extinction, plateauing, or like back to monkeys, back to humans, back to monkeys cycle. Um, but what that if we get to... Mint. Let's do that one. It does. <laughs> um, so what if we get to the promised land and... This is essentially the subchapter that I've titled What if the Warhammer 40k universe, but it's good actually. Um, <laughs> In the grim oh, dark future, yes. there is only war and everyone loves it. Yeah. <laughs> so like long-termist philosophers uh, have like three main long-term potential goals for humanity in mind. And they are worth doing quite a lot for in terms of what they're willing to do to get there. Um, The first of these three goals is creating a race of radically enhanced post-humans through re-engineering our bodies and our brains. Oh, eugenics. Yeah, exactly. This is literally an idea that's been recycled from the 1920s Anglo-American eugenics movement. Yeah, but guys, what if if an AI had been programmed by the Nazis? That would be really bad. Anyway, about (laughs) eugenics... It's like that. It's, it's, it's the whole. It's the whole thing of like eugenics is bad because race science is bullshit. But with science, we could make it real, and then it wouldn't be bad because it would be true. And, it's just <laughs> and like, if we worshipped Slanesh, we could make it a whole lot better. Uh, because this, according to the thinking they have, uh, this would also include um, taking morality boosting chemicals such as oxytocin uh, for a hormone. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my god! I hate, I hate to, I hate to fucking find out like this that I am actually from the future. <laughs> uh, I, I'll be honest. Got... Whatever they sent me back to warn you about, I've fucking forgotten. <laughs> I, 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 I love the, I love the idea that literally to become more moral, you just need more love in you. That's it. It's like this is this is a exactly. child's understanding. No, no of the one world. on MDMA has ever committed a crime. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oxytocin for those of you who don't know is like a hormone most commonly associated with the body signaling women that they that it's time to give birth um but we also produce it when we're sexually excited or when we fall in love and so among Mm. its nicknames is the cuddle hormone so that's the thing that we need to inject more of into ourselves to create a better uh, (laughs) that honestly that honestly sounds like like a fucking do you know what i mean a band that gets arrested you know what I mean? Like fucking for some antics that went on at like the fucking at the local fucking youth club. Like, all right, kids, wear the wear the cuddle hormone, and then like fucking sirens <laughs> suddenly appear. Um, that, yeah. So, and according to Borstrom in his uh, 2008 letter from Utopia, uh, society son would... is also called Boston. <laughs> uh, like in this in this post-human society, uh, we would be awash in like so much pleasure. We would quote sprinkle it, it in our tea. 
<laughs> dirty fucking bastards. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Love to be so washed with pleasure that it gets in my tea. <laughs> uh, it also includes, and this is from. Um... <laughs> it's what it's what she would have wanted. Let's be fair. <laughs> uh, it also includes, and this is from uh, Emil Torres in an essay called "Against Long Termism." Post-human modes of being that are far better than our current human mode. We could, for instance, genetically alter ourselves to gain perfect control over our emotions or access the internet via neural implants and maybe even upload our mind to computer hardware to, hardware to achieve digital immortality. As another Why philosopher. would you want any of those things? Can you so imagine having the internet? put on a thumb drive and yeeted into the <laughs> void forever. Can you imagine? Can you imagine having the fucking internet literally wired to your brain? I can imagine if anyone anyone who actually tries to do that deserves what they get. No, I'm sorry, but I I was on Twitter the day the Queen died, so I can basically imagine what it's like to have the immensity of an entire fucking nation pouring into my brain. Jamie creating new Twitter accounts that breaks hitherto unknown by humanity. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing Jamie sitting there, his skull buzzing like a phone on vibrate as it all washes through. Yes, fantastic. Right, so essentially, as one of a, another long-term, f- long-termist philosopher, a guy called Ord, O-R-D. <laughs> called um, what? <laughs> Ord. <coughs> Ord what? Uh, so we're, we're sitting on our podcast contemplating our Ord. <laughs> yeah, everyone at home, get your Ords out. Yeah. My son is also called, etc. Uh, all doubt for the Queen. Pondering our ord indeed. Um, Yeah, essentially, uh, as as he urges in a different essay called "The Precipice," think how awesome it would be to perceive the world via echolocation, like bats and dolphins, or magneto reception, (laughs) like red foxes and homing. I want to be daredevil. I really want to be daredevil. (laughs) I just can. Can someone please just introduce these fucking freaks to hallucinogens? You can do all of this shit. (laughs) Like, you don't need to, like, upend the entirety uh, uh, right, of the I'm human gonna, fucking Sorry, let's, I'm, I'm grinding to a halt here. Alistair, I'm sorry to, like, completely piss all over your worldview, but Burning Man exists and it hasn't helped. <laughs> well, I mean, at least if they went to fucking Burning Man, they wouldn't be, maybe wouldn't be writing all these tedious books for us to go through. <laughs> no, but many of them have is the problem. They go to Burning Man. It's become gentrified as fuck, and they all take their hallucinogens, and then they come back from Mountain and Gorge. You know what the problem is? It's the fucking AI god in the future is going to fuck no, up. No, 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 Actually, no. I'm going to turn problem here dying. is yeah. The problem here is that they're not taking enough, or the ones that they are taking aren't severe enough. They should all be coming back damaged. <laughs> yeah, it they should. For the fact that they'll survive in these encounters, we wouldn't have any of these fucking. Yeah, you're essays. not allowed to write a book about the future of humanity unless you've experienced the fear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will not accept right, so- any more academic papers until the writer is on a permo. <laughs> Right, so essentially, apart from all the cool genetic modification and the, the pleasure sprinkled in our tea stuff that we will have in the long-termist future, uh, the second one is that humanity will definitely dominate not just the galaxy, but the cosmos itself. Because if we're on the right path... In space. Um, all of the space that humanity could reasonably access within the space-time continuum could be ours, including all of its resources... Uh, in long termism, this is called our cosmic endowment, um, and it is uh, just to, 
it, <laughs> it is 150,000 light years across and encompasses more than 100 billion stars, most with their own planetary systems. And essentially, I don't know we about to... I don't know about you, David, but my cosmic endowment is growing at a phenomenal rate. <laughs> You're right. It's you expanding. Do not know me. <laughs> <laughs> And essentially what we will be able to do is to colonize them through a great crusade uh, or essentially mm. to... Uh. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> don't use those words, use of but, words. Uh, oh, right, okay. <clears throat> is essentially we would be able to hop from star system to star system with our dolphin brains and use like each previous base to settle... Uh, the next one, like five or six light years away, and thus, like, we would hopscotch our way across the visible spectrum. So, space for Final Frontier. These are the voyages of a dipshit enterprise. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, okay. These um, people just want to create an enemy for the saviors of Posadism. Like, that's all this is. <laughs> And, and by the way, they've also calculated, roughly speaking, um, that like if we did this, if we created like a big star empire and had all these planets with people on it, um, we would in the end get to a human population of about 10 to the 54th power number of people. Uh, That's too many people. There's far too many. <laughs> One uh, is too many. Yeah, so the, 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 the philosophy that would underpin all this is like, it's utilitarianism, but taken to like its most extreme form, uh, because our starfaring enterprise would essentially maximize the total value, the intrinsic value of our world and society. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Taking the principle of like, um, th like a civilization's order, like a first order civilization utilizes all the power of its uh, planet or whatever that is. Except it's not, it's not energy. It's like. The fucking profitability. That's incredible. Yeah, it's called yeah. the Kardashian skill. <laughs> uh, and essentially, we would how we would calculate this intrinsic value of our worlds and societies would be from an impartial vantage point, uh, long-term, as I could call... <laughs> the, the, wow. that, that is a load-bearing impartial <laughs> right there. I love to levitate on my universe, uh, you know, my universe-defying mountaintop, survey the cosmos, and make moral pronouncements without any attachment whatsoever. The universe is a frictionless sphere. Well, I mean, quite literally, because this this vantage point is what long-termists call the the point of view of the universe. <laughs> sorry that sorry that you've been mulched in the fucking oxytocin extracting machine. It is in fact the nature of the universe for this to happen to you. Listen, the space <laughs> must flow. <laughs> well, I mean, essentially that is what this is. Like utilitarianism is is Jeremy Bentham is you know the the thing you should choose to do is the thing that creates the 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 best outcome for the most number of people, and that should guide your decision making. That's the ultimate in long termism Very is to briefly. bring about the Quisatz Haderach. That's what we want. That's what the people are crying out for. <laughs> A mind powerful enough to bend space and time. So essentially, um, uh, ultimate utilitarianism equates the life of of one person with the fate of humanity. Um, so if we don't have the right people in the right place to take us through yeah, the hinge points to get us to the spacefaring society, uh, things would be bad. Um, and if we don't do this long-term vision and listen to these weirdos, our species might not live to see the full uh, 10, 10 to the 100th power years of solid progress until the heat death of the universe, which is unavoidable. So, you know, there is an end date to all this. 
Um, well, at least there is an end. <laughs> uh, if you want this future, the glorious spacefaring future, uh, of course, like if you extrapolate it back to today, you can just nearly do anything. Like you can kill a million people or five million people or a hundred million people because you say, well, that's a lot of deaths right now. But if we don't do this, then we will not have the glorious spacefaring nation in 10 to the 100th power years from today. Um, come one, come all, for this low, low payment price of one genocide, you too can place a down payment on this future. But hurry, options are limited and stocks may not last. Yeah, like, loving it. Absolutely <laughs> I mean, loving yeah, it. Why does it have to be, why does it have to be humanity? Did the first bit not say, like, earthborn intelligence? Can't we just fucking hand the planet to the squid? <laughs> just give them <laughs> a I mean, go. That, It'll that's probably said, be better. David, I, I was like, when they said put intelligence in space, I was like, the dolphins, yes? Uh, no. Oh, Apparently fuck the dolphins. The dolphins they're communists. horrible fuckers. Give it to the squid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, would it surprise you to know that one of its biggest donors doesn't think climate change is a real problem facing humanity because it is as nothing as compared to the galactic timeless future of humanity? Is this just basically, like, on some level, is this just people unable to grapple with their own mortality in any meaningful way? And rather than retreat into, like, harmless fantasy, they've retreated into, well, whatever the fuck kind of harmful fantasy this is. I mean, yes, I mean, that's always uh, the answer. I mean, mm. partly it's very, like, Starship Troopers. It's, it's we're in it for the species, boys and girls. It's You have to think along those lines. And that was a good and functional society they lived in, if you uh, remember the movie. Um, yeah, and so Jamie's I, doing his part. <laughs> Essentially, according to, to Bostrom again, um, this is a quote, a non-existential disaster causing the breakdown of global civilization is, from the perspective of humanity as a whole, a potentially recoverable setback. It might be a giant massacre for man, he adds, but so long as humanity bounces back to fulfill its potential among the stars, it will ultimately, in the long run of the future, register as little more than a small misstep for mankind. I have actually yes. realised that this guy is just saying, what if we just had a god emperor of mankind and the god emperor yep. of mankind was a giant worm? That is literally <laughs> what he... He's, he has read Dune and said, hmm, much to think about. This also, <laughs> this reminds me very much of Horizon Zero Dawn's, like, you know, really obnoxious plot, which is, ah, we fucked it, lads, but don't worry, we can seed the future so humanity will prevail. It's like, yeah, okay, mate. Thanks for that. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm gonna say to this guy, fuck the future. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think we should maybe not give a fuck about. Oh, well, what if in the future there was like a a million billion billion humans and they were all on different planets wearing different hats and like talking <laughs> in different accents to Captain Kirk or whatever? I don't give a fuck, right? Like, do you know what I mean? Maybe do something for the people that live now. No fate, but what we post. I mean, essentially, Bostrom in the same essay also calls Chernobyl, the AIDS pandemic, and two world wars, and by an extension, the Holocaust, as mere ripples on the surface of the great sea of life. Hmm. Which is fine. <sighs> and it, by I'm the way, also. I'm find this guy and patiently explain why he is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, it also, of course, means that those who are in charge of shaping the pathway to this galactic future also get to decide on what that pathway is and also what it is not. So, of course, the question is, is who's in charge of the spaceship? 
if, if you want to get like a really good glimpse into like the brain melting madness that occurs when you start playing God and extrapolating humanity along to the 10th to the 100th power timeline, let me read you two short paragraphs from an essay called Astronomical Waste, written by Bostrom. With very advanced technology, a very large population of people living happy lives could be sustained in the accessible region of the universe. For every year that development of such technologies and colonization for the universe is delayed, there is therefore an opportunity cost. A potential good, lives worth living, is not being realized. Um, so, yeah. Do you know what? Somewhere, right, somewhere out in the vastness of this infinite universe, there's a planet... That's just full of dogs, and the dogs are just fucking vibing in paradise. <laughs> they don't have to put up with this bullshit at all. Do you know what I mean? They, I bet they haven't even developed language, and they're just so much fucking happier for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he then proceeds to, in, in this essay uh, that I have read, and he is fucking insane. Um, he then proceeds to calculate the potential good that's been lost by us not taking the right pathway to to us becoming space marines, essentially. Yes, um, how many nano-Hitlers am I committing by not giving Elon Musk all of my money? Right. As a rough approximation, let us say the Virgo supercluster contains 10 to the 13th power stars. One estimate Ugh. of the computing power extractable from a star with an associated planet-sized computational structure using advanced, advanced molecular nanotechnology is 10 to the nth operations per second. A typical op uh, uh, operation of the human brain is roughly 10 to the, s 10 to the seventh power operations, per second or less. No, not much more seems to be needed to stimulate the relevant parts of the environment in sufficient detail to enable the simulated minds to have experiences indistinguishable from typical human experiences. Given these estimates, it follows that the potential for 10 to the 35th power human lives is lost every century that colonization of our local supercluster is delayed, or equivalently, about 10 to the 29th power potential human lives per second. So uh, set against uh, this. I, just, I, I love the idea that like he's just like, okay, take the solar output of a star in terms of energy. All right, we're with you. And let's take a planet-sized resource, sure. And let's assume nano-machines, son. <laughs> like, just like thrown in there. Like, just like, oh, god damn. But uh, did, I, did I hear that right? And his like big calculation for how many lives are lost by us not fucking like, colonizing space. Becoming space marines, is, yes. Is based on how fast a computer you could make out of all of those stars. Yes. Also, yes. also every sperm is sacred. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially, what if we, what is the computing power of a computer built of nanomolecular technology? Okay, um, but, and then right. Th that okay, power but if is that's, subdivided if... by the power of the average human brain, a, a, a high-functioning brain, and if you divide that, then you get a number of human brains that we do not have because we're not currently building right. arcs. No, yeah, yeah, that's what I... That, right, okay, but if that's the case, right, why isn't this guy mad about the waste, the, the, the incredible fucking wasting of computer processing power that goes on today? Why is he not down at Industrial Light and Magic with a machete? <laughs> <laughs> From a utilitarian perspective, this huge loss of potential human lives constitutes a co correspondingly huge loss of potential value. I'm fucking sorry, but like, this, this guy is 
just say that every every single human life is worth existing purely on the basis that it might be a life that is like actually worth living. Like, so I'm, I am going to, I'm going to, Alistair, let I'm me, gonna, sorry, I'm, I just want to jump on Alistair for a while. Let me finish the quote. I am assuming here that the human lives that could have been created would have been worthwhile ones. <laughs> so it is okay. commonly supposed. As you tell. Since it is commonly supposed that even currently human lives are typically worthwhile, this is a weak assumption. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god because oh I, was, I was i was about to push back and say there is inherent value in every human life yes but like there's that guy he first hits alistair but he turns around and punches me in the jaw fantastic <laughs> also i just want to say I, I i would normally never say this but this guy is doing a huge disservice to utilitarians like um yeah but these hell. are hyper utilitarians they're not you know normal human beings uh, later I on, by I the way, even call them utilitarians. I honestly think it's an insult to the philosophical kind of tradition. <laughs> and I'm not a utilitarian. I, I don't actually buy most of utilitarianism, but these guys are doing it dirty. I mean, <laughs> this guy. If this guy's mad about like, oh well, you know, we could have had all these like good lives that had been lived, and we don't. Why is he not repeatedly slamming his own head in a car door to try and give himself <laughs> the opposite of whatever brain injury fucking Hercules got? <laughs> Uh, later on, would it surprise you to learn that he also makes the claim that like people with Bill Gates level of material resources uh, w- are actually better placed to put us on the right pathway because they are closer to expanding uh, our mental capacities and that, indefinitely um, prolonging our subjective lifespan than, say, somebody living in a slum in Cairo? That better place, too, is doing a lot of heavy lifting there, isn't it? I noticed he didn't say <laughs> Bill Gates it. is putting us on the path to fucking, like, you know, utopian space societies. He just could if he wasn't, like, such a fucking massive procrastinator. <laughs> I think that's the first edit of the episode, isn't it? That's the first one we need to film. <laughs> like, one anyway, pre- yeah. Yeah, so it's doing pretty well this far in. Uh, it is, by the way, so it is at this point, if we if we colonize the stars, that we would finally, and this is uh, the philosophical Toby Ord that I was referring to earlier, um... So this would be the point at which we would obtain existential security uh, once we've done. (laughs) We have found the ultimate cop. Engage engage with philosophical existentialism as I grapple with my role in the cosmos? No. But, like, (laughs) externalize existentialism into some mad crusade campaign to colonize the universe with computational equivalents of human beings? Yes. Like, it's just amazing. I mean, Candorous uh, uh, Auto, by the way, also does some extremely funky math in a, in a different Candace essay. Auto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, like, the, the, um, the chance of climate change causing an existential catastrophe is only, like, one in a thousand, uh, which is a whole two orders of magnitude lower than, according to his calculations, the probability of super-intelligent machines destroying humanity in this century. So we shouldn't do much oh, about climate change. Fuck off. <laughs> I, love, I, I, just, I love everything about these guys. Do you know what I really want to do? I, I genuinely, I want to sit them down and, like, and you know, help buy them. Help them a, relax. Later. <laughs> I, I want to sit them down and get them a drink and get them, like, really drunk and just go, like, you know you feel a shit, right? Like, just between us, you know you're full of shit, right? And just to find out whether they do. 
Like, I really want to know how many of them are true believers and how many of them are just like, you know, this this shit is fun and like... Well, you know, I think for a lot of the, the donors, time. like, it just confirms that the choices they're making in their own lives are the right ones because they have a lot of money and are, you know, donating effectively altruistically. So therefore, they are already, you know, setting themselves on the right path and don't have to surrender any of their material or personal wealth for a better future because this is the way to get it because they have all these weirdos like doing stuff i mean you know don't get me wrong like the whole thing is driving the press and model but for rich dick uh, you know silicon valley bullshit like totally fine like and i get that there's some cynicism behind that but it's just for people who are like really drinking deep of the schniff ideology of this thing i just really want to know how many of them are like you know really fully sold and how many of them are just you know, they're in it because it's a bit of a laugh and does it justifies doing all the things they were going to do anyway. I'll just well, to, of them. If, if you want to talk about justifications, essentially the biggest question I think maybe at this point is like, what atrocities would we be unwilling to commit if our inevitable cosmic goal is to have 10 to the 54th power people in the cosmos living uh, happy lives before the heat death of the universe? Well, for one... I get, I, I, the, Sorry, the thing that they definitely they, they, they definitely want um, is to, and that's something they think we should have now, is to create a global automated surveillance machine capable of preventing preventive policing, uh, which is fine. <laughs> yes, the Ultron initiative. Yes, let James Spader be the world cop. Yes. <laughs> It's uh, Ultron Minority Report pre-crime shit. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. It's actually, um, it's actually person of interest. <laughs> uh, and that would actually, that global surveillance uh, minority report machine would actually be fine because it could prevent the hypothetical singular bioterrorist attack. Uh, if you remember that plagues <laughs> are one of the two ways that like, um, you know, humanity could, could end. Um, the other thing that's definitely on the table is, is, is it going to be class? Is it going to be classified as a bioterrorist attack when I shit through his letterbox? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, because David Spader would have seen you coming, Jamie. Uh, you know, there, there's no. Is... Right. So the other thing. I mean, that's it's definitely... very on brand. Very on brand for David Spader's superpower to be seeing people coming. <laughs> um, you've got me saying David Spader now as well. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that's definitely on the table is a preemptive war because as long um as the long-termist has thinkers, that uh they can has tell that ever been off the table well i mean but this time if like these people like mccaskill and borstrom and candorous auto can tell you with like some <laughs> level of saying that fucking star wars ass name <laughs> wait you flip it round Audro Candace is like one of the Space uh, Marine divisions. Clearly. It literally has a Star Wars name. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I, what, I, what I love about this, though, is that, like, you know, there's some of these nerds somewhere are going, listen, the fundamental problem in our society today that makes it really likely we'll fall apart in war is racial division. Therefore, the solution <laughs> is a very final one that you can see. You can tell they're that kind of prick, and that's where their mind goes. Well, it's, it's, it's almost like that, James. It's more like this is an actual hypothetical, and one of the papers I've read is... Um, oh, no. If you're the president of the United States and the CIA brings you trustworthy information... Yeah, I know. Um, that somewhere <laughs> yeah, imagine if in, they did that. Is, is that somewhere in Germany, there's like a bioterrorist that's about 
to unleash a weapon that will uh, you know that will do the, the the annihilation thing and set us on one of the three wrong paths uh, it would therefore be morally justified for the president of the united states to glass the entirety of germany because it would have prevented a lot a worse outcome for the 10 to the 54th power people yet to be born in the future yep no no it's genocide holocaust all fine yep also I masturbation mean, and- illegal now <laughs> uh, also, this is from another long-termist thinker called Beckstead, uh, who is cited by uh, uh, Ord as having a very important contributions made. Let me quote you the following. This is to come to a great shock as to all of you, I should think. Saving lives in poor countries may have significantly smaller ripple effects than saving and improving lives in rich countries. Here Why? we go. Richer <laughs> go countries on. have... Richer countries have substantially more innovation and their workers are much more economically productive. Consequently, it seems more plausible to me that saving a life in a rich country is substantially more important than saving a life in a poor country. I mean, we're all fucking, we're all having a go at this cunt. But, I mean, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm certainly thinking that I could probably save a lot of lives by doing a first aid course. (laughs) Well, I mean... (laughs) You know, even even for that, they have an answer because there's another paper out there, which I've also read, called In Defense of Fanaticism, in which one of these philosophers Uh. posts that all of this, doing all of this is actually cool and good. Uh, And that's because the expected value theory with a plausible axiology shows that even like a very tiny probability of a good outcome, like a lottery or humanity conquering the cosmos, is better than definitely saving one life today at the cost of the glorious future yet to come. I mean, I hate it when my axiotl or whatever the fuck he said is implausible. That's like <laughs> and, and yeah, one, of the worst, one of the worst things that can happen. Winning the lottery, very much like, the, like all of humanity venturing out towards the stars, one, one, neither of which have ever happened. Well, I mean, Alistair, expected value theory says it would be better to sacrifice those billion or more lives for a minuscule chance at the infinitely many blissful lives. And likewise, if the number of blissful lives were finite, but still sufficiently many. They also make a distinction, by the way, between normal lives and blissful lives. And I think blissful lives you can only achieve if you, you know, get the nerve stapling, essentially. (laughs) Uh, Or or if you you drink the Slanesh tea, essentially. I think that's, that's the other way of doing it. So essentially, like, to drink want... the cum tea at last. <laughs> so, like, I, I want to move towards wrapping this up because I think you sort of get the gist of this. I mean, obviously, these people, are, they're like, they have a very determined strategy. They they write about this in like their own wikis and stuff of not introducing people to this level of shit, but to sort of stick to the effective altruism and then like building on that to like. In, initiate people like more deeply into the, the oh, mysteries so, of, of so this is the thetans bit on. then this is Sorry? the thetans bit then so this is like yes, you've been yes, ingratiated yes, into the fucking yeah. church and now now uh yeah all your uh you you know what they are now cool i'm very fucking mad that of all the projects that had a wiki written for it that actually took off was this one <laughs> i mean of course, it goes without saying that, like these people, now that they've sort of built an intellectual framework and and like created all these weird research institutes at like elite universities, 
they're not interested in like getting masses of people on board yet they they're right now that's why they're in the new yorker that's why they're in the guardian that's why they're in the new york times their mission is to create like an elite strategy of influence and movement building at like the highest levels of society and international politics and finance because i think they've quite rightly assumed that we mere plebs have absolutely no say in the running of the world so this they have a very specific and like targeted way of approaching getting this structure like into the brains of more people and like you know helped along by the petrochemical industry because this kind of thing says well actually you shouldn't stop polluting because if you stop polluting you might miss like you know the the pathway to the stars essentially um because we need to keep innovating so obviously there's no way any of this like the fucking genocidal approach could pass in any kind of democratic or a socialist society just like none but it does provide a very nice series of excuses for capitalism to stick around because it's all predicated on like massive technological innovation and and wizards um and it also provides excuse for the occasional you know megadeths and genocide that are going to follow uh from things like climate change or or, or biosphere collapse or, or shit like that and it fantastically what i really like about it in the end is it presumes that even when we do the great crusade and go into the stars and have like the good version of the warhammer 40k universe uh wherein we rule the full cosmos we would still need to be exploiting resources like in in all the star realms that we have like we wouldn't just you know we would just have have dyson spheres and all that stuff to just provide Listen, the energy those, we would still those cycles won't sacrifice themselves <laughs> and all of this is like a hundred percent driven by sort of technologist visions of the future and all of them state that like all new technology is like morally value neutral it's only it's used by humans that define it so like you can do anything and like create the worst things in the world because they're not bad until we use them again that's something that'll really fucking appeal to the elites of this society as everything fucking crumbles around them um because one of them might be this pathway to the stars uh and of course it goes without saying that all of this kind of exploitation and hyper technology and advances uh, way beyond our, our understanding now in terms of like biotech or whatever uh is very much more likely to like kill us before we reach the stars like if you look at the kind of damage that the internal combustion engine has done to the planet overall like we are much more likely to get that outcome than get to the stars but in the meantime uh peter thiel will get to be very 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 rich uh until the day he dies so there is that hooray Peter Thiel's a very dangerous name, isn't it? <laughs> that's my concluding thought. Yeah, so that's 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 long termism. Like, be very fucking mindful, and especially this little prick McCaskill, because he looks like a little like a little tech dweeb. He's a very good poster boy, and my guess is you might see him. Like he might take the place of like what's his name again the airport author guy uh, Yuval Noah Hariri Harari that guy like it wouldn't be surprising if he takes or um, what's the name of that other cunt who was on the Epstein flights um, yeah you could have to be more specific <laughs> uh, 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 no the the um, uh, Stephen Pinker like those kinds of guys 
uh, like the you know the, the the big thinkers that do all the conferences stuff, he's going to be in that list. But the message he's going to be carrying is going to be called effective altruism. But what they mean is genocidal deaths to get us to the stars. And you're definitely not whole... fucking invited. Yeah, this whole thing is basically done so that they can stand up in their conferences, etc., and see we say we need more long-termist thinking, and everyone will nod and go, "Yeah, that sounds about right. That's true." Um, not realizing what they're signing off on. So when you hear Parliament, you know, as a whole, the MPs in it just start talking about ne the need for long-termist thinking and long-term solutions. Be very worried. Yeah. So uh, that'll just about do us for today. Uh, we have. Do we want to do plugs and stuff, David? Uh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, you can find us in the Torment Nexus under the crushing uh, clause of Roko's Basilisk, uh, which is at PraxisCast on Twitter, uh, patreon.com forward slash PraxisCast for bonus episodes. There is one every month. There will soon, at some point, finally, eventually, maybe, be two a month. Uh, also, the Twitch stream, come join us at uh, twitch.tv forward slash PraxisCast tonight if this was released on time uh that is going to be the big stellaris game uh continuing stellaris on. thunderdome yep and uh also listen to peace at home a good podcast about turkey uh that features jamie and also music by jordan yep and yep. buy shirt also buy shirts and queen's deed <laughs> Queen's and on Bye. that note. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.